Good morning. How are we doing today? How are we doing today? If everyone wants to rise to your feet, we're going to get ready to worship the risen King. Uh, as we were praying, as we were praying, I kept hearing the word shift. 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 And I'm like, Lord, what do you mean by shift? What does that mean? What does that word shift mean? And if you ever have driven a stick shift, you know that you can only go so fast in a certain gear until you have to shift. Until you have to shift. And when you shift, it takes you to another speed, to another level. And so this morning, today, I truly believe there is going to be a shift in the atmosphere. A shift in the atmosphere as we begin to accelerate into His presence, accelerate into the things He has for each and every one of us this morning. And can I expand on that and say, if you listen to the engine of a car when you're driving it in manual, if you try to stay in that low gear too long, boy, the engine is working hard. And when the shift happens, those RPMs go right down and it easily begins to then accelerate. It it accelerates in a restful state. So I woke up this morning excited. I mean excited. God is on the move, Amen. and he is working, Amen. and we are coming into his presence. Amen. We Amen. welcome Sydney. Here she is. She's here again worshiping with us. We're excited. Our entire <laughs> worship team is such a blessing to this congregation, Amen. Amen. Um, and we are excited to come into the presence of the Lord to worship this morning. Amen. Amen. We've got a scripture we want to uh, read together, if you want to put that up there, AV team. It's out of Hebrews 12, verse 28. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then what's not up there, but the next verse says is for our God is a consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. Let's worship the risen king. Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. This morning as I was getting ready for church, the presence of God was around me, surrounding me. And it's not always like that in a house of eight kids. It's rarely like that. Oh, and I was just so excited to come into his presence this morning. But in that moment, in that time with him this morning, I saw the train of his robe, filling the temple. And I was enveloped in the folds of it. I was enveloped in the folds of it. Like every Instagram photo of some cozy fall scene with furry, fuzzy blankets. I was enveloped in the folds of the robe of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in it was all mercy all love. And he is on the throne. He is on the throne this morning, church. He is on the throne. He is high and lifted up. He is high and lifted up. He is higher. He is higher. He is higher than every problem, than everything that would set itself up against you, he is higher. 
He is greater. And you are in him. He surrounds you. You are not far. You are not far from him and he is not far from you. For the word says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty one. He is for you. He is surrounding you. And he is higher. He is mighty. And he is worthy of all praise. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you are so worthy. Worthy of our praise. Worthy of our adoration. You are worthy. You are worthy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. begin to worship Him in your prayer language this morning. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I keep wanting to say let's sit down and have communion, but I can't do it. I just can't do it yet. So church, come on. Continue to worship Him. Continue to worship Him. The risen King, the Lord of Lords. Have your way in this place, Lord. of the Last Supper, of this time of communion with the Savior. And I see these men gathered around him, and they are comfortable in his presence. They are reclining at the table. They are friends of this man, Jesus. This man, Jesus. They're comfortable in his presence. They are with him. And he, he begins to do this thing, and he's teaching them how to come into his presence when he is no longer physically with them. And this whole morning, the Lord's been telling me about this thing that's been happening over and over in conversations throughout the week. And there are some here that need to hear this. Temptation is an ugly thing. It's, it's temptation unto sin. It's ugly. It's foul. It stinks. It is disgusting. And it is put forth by an enemy. And it is sent unto you. And it whispers to you. It is not you. It is not who you are. Amen. You are not foul. You Amen. are not ugly. Amen. You are not disgusting. Amen. 
Amen. You are not the sin that you are tempted to do. That's right. Temptation does not defile you. It is common to all men. It was common unto our Savior. Mm. There is nothing that he wasn't tempted to. Think on that. Mm. Think on that. Mm. There is no temptation that he did not suffer. That he did not hear. That he did not hear the whispers of. Think on that. Mm. What have you been tempted to that you think, oh, who would ever think such a thing? Mm kind of person am I? How could I ever think that? That is not you any more than it was our precious Savior. That's right. That's right. We do not partner with sin. We say no to it and we send it on its vile way. In the name of Jesus, we are free from it. And it does not defile us any longer. You are not the sin that you are tempted to. And if you've partnered with sin, if you've partnered with it, and you've taken, if you've gone hand in hand, then I tell you today to look upon the Savior and to say, no more. And you take, come here, love. You take the hand of sin that you've taken and you say, go in the name of Jesus. I'll have no part of you anymore. Hallelujah, Lord. You are righteous. You are holy. Hallelujah. You are clean. Hallelujah. And no part of that Thank sin you, is left on you. Thank you, Father. Because he came. Thank you, Father. Because he conquered. Thank you, Father. Because Thank he defeated you, sin. That's right. And he defeated That's right. death. That's right. And if, if you have made sin That's your right. enemy, if you have made sin your enemy, then it has no part of That's you right. any longer. Amen. Hallelujah. We come to the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he says, my son and my daughter, your sins are forgiven you. Turn from them. Depart from me and sin no more. That's right. Mm. Come into his presence. Thank you, Lord. Knowing that you you, are a friend. Thank you, Lord. That you are a friend. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Mm. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You guys have a seat. Ushers, if you want to begin to serve communion. a good analogy. Communion is the believer's celebration of the Lord's Supper, of His sacrifice on our behalf. Church, we are celebrating something here this morning. It says in 1 Peter 3, for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. There is freedom in this place. There is life available in Jesus. The Bible says that we too can be alive in the Spirit. Galatians 2.19 says this, For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is Christ who lives in you. And the life which I now live in the flesh, that life which we are still living here in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the Son of God. By faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Why can we do that? The next part says, because He loved me and He gave Himself for me. He loves you and He gave Himself for you. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if by righteousness comes to the law, then Christ died in vain. I can tell you that Christ did not die in vain. If He died in vain, that means we could save ourselves, but we cannot. It's only by His grace, His mercy, His sacrifice on the cross that we may have a relationship with Him. In 1 John 1, it says this, If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Don't miss this verse right here. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a confession that we need to make, church. This time to reflect, to remember to rejoice in what He has done. It's time to confess. It is time to repent. It is time to thank Him for what He has done. Church, let's just take a moment. And confess those things that which we need to confess. Whether it be partnering with spirit of fear, lust, lying, deceitfulness, disunity. Father, we repent. Repent means to turn away from this world and turn to God. We turn our hearts to you this morning. As we partake in this bread and in this blood, we turn our hearts to you this morning.
I'm a constant confessor. I'm a constant confessor. And there are some people who don't like that about me, and I'm okay with that. I'm a constant confessor. I'm a constant confessor. Because I want nothing, I want nothing to have a hold on me. I want nothing to have a hold on me. When I sit down on Wednesdays with the youth, I tell them, I tell them what I'm struggling with. Ooh, did I have some not good thoughts about these people this week? And I'm fighting through it and I'm battling through it. And I'm calling out to my Savior and He hears me and He comes and He frees me and He helps me. I'm a constant confessor. I'm struggling, Lord. I'm struggling, struggling, struggling under condemnation, Lord. Struggling. And I'm a constant confessor. And in that way, in that way, I'm always leaving it at the door and I'm always coming into His presence. Be a constant confessor. That's right. Be a constant confessor. One to another, the Bible says. One to another. (laughs) That ye may be healed. That's right. Yeah? That's right. Thank you, Jesus. I leave it at the door and I come into the room, the upper room. Come and he's sitting. And he's breaking the bread and he's handing it to me. He's handing it to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. For the Lord Jesus, on that same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. We had given thanks. He broke it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. This last song we're going to sing is called Cornerstone. And it's an anthem that we rise up and we sing because He is our cornerstone. He is the rock of our foundation. He is the one who is above all. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. And the Bible says that at His name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord forever. doing something so sweet here this morning, so sweet here this morning, and I want to tell you something. I'm a constant confessor, and what I meant by that is that I'm a constant confessor, but I'll go up to my husband, I'll go up to my husband at any given time during the day, during the weeks, and he's just standing there, he's usually doing dishes or something, great, and I'll just take his hand and I just do this, pray for me, just pray for me. I've done it to my daughter's. I'll go up to one of my daughters and I just take their hand and I put it on their head. My head. Just pray for me. Just pray for me. This is a, he's an everyday, every minute kind of friend. Yeah. This is an everyday, every minute kind of love. It's an everyday, every minute kind of power. 
and availability. And there's believers all around us. There are. And if, if, if there's a fellow believer at work, you know, we don't always get along with all of our fellow believers, right? <laughs> um, but I, I guarantee you that if you, if you go to work and you're struggling and you know there's a believer three cubicles down and she gets on your every nerve, but you go in and you say, I'm struggling today. Will you just pray for me? Wow. Tell you what, when she's done, you will have come into unity and she will not get on your every last nerve quite so much anymore. And she'll know this person, this person really is walking this. This person really is walking this. And if that person could humble themselves and come and ask for prayer from me, I bet they're a safe person. I could go and ask prayer from, from them. This is, this is a family. This is what it means to leave this building and to carry the presence, to carry, to carry each other's burdens and to come to the Lord's table together. Just the other day, one of my daughters was struggling with um, physical. Mama, will you take communion with me? <laughs> you bet, baby girl, you bet. Right. You prepare it, and we'll do it. And she brought it, and we did it. Because she needed Jesus. She needed to remember that the body was broken for her healing. It's an every day and every minute kind of power. An every day and every minute kind of love. This is an every day, every minute kind of family that we're called to walk in. So I want to close this with Psalm 146. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. The spirit departs, he returns to his earth. And that very day his plans perish. But happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But in the way of the wicked, He turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. So, Father, we praise Your holy name. You are worthy of it all. We worship You in this place. We give You all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We love You in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. How we doing? Ooh, amen. What a good church service so far. Yeah, God is good. I mean, I'm not sure how much of this was even planned on the cue sheet, so we're just doing it. In fact, these guys asked me before church, they're like, how long is your offering talk today? 
Like, do you want to, can we sit down or, or do you want us to stand up and be here up here? So I've asked them to stay, but I told them I cannot promise you that it's going to be short, okay? But I'll probably, I'll try to make it fairly brief. How many of you continue ready to worship the Lord with our giving? Amen. If you need an offering envelope, just slip your hand up. We have some ushers uh, that are going to come by that can serve you. Make sure you get that envelope. Or if maybe you need a pen. The, the envelope's good, but a pen would help too, right? If you need a pen, throw your hand up for a pen too. We can do that as well. Okay. Uh, here's what I want to, I have a, a scripture that I want to run through. Um, it's in, in Luke 7. I want to go through it. But the point here is that typically, typically for those who have planted anything in their life, how many people have planted something? Some type of fruit, vegetable, whatever, something, right? The seed reproduces after its own kind, right? I mean, this is like, this is pretty, pretty straightforward. You put a tomato seed in the ground, you're kind of expecting a tomato seed to come up, right? So you put a, you know, an apple, an apple seed in the ground, what do you expect? An apple seed to come up. My kids put pumpkin seeds in the ground all the time. They're just like, you know what, I'm planting a pumpkin patch right over here. And wouldn't you know, like two years later, a pumpkin showed up, like right in the middle of our landscaping. Like this wasn't in the garden area. This was like, I was like, okay. So when we plant the seed, God produces and reproduces it after its own kind. But here's what I'd like to tell you, church, that God also, when you plant a seed, he produces and he takes care of all of your needs, you understand that the principle of sowing and reaping goes more than just, well, I'm just going to sow financially, and so that means I'll just reap financially. Whoa. No, actually, the Bible talks that a seed will meet every need. If you've never read uh, Keith Butler's book, A Seed Will Meet Every Need, I suggest that you read it. And I want to share something with the scriptures that absolutely, for me, was just like, wow, this is awesome. Hopefully it's awesome for you. Uh, Luke 7, Now, I want to start in verse 1. It says, It says, now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and was ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that one for whom he should, he was deserving for he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. Whoa. Wait a second. So the centurion loves the nation, and he has invested into God's kingdom. Now, he had a lot. He gave a lot. Those who have what we have, we give what God has given us to give. But listen to this. He has built the synagogue. I think most of the times we, go, we, we fly right past that, and we say, oh my gosh, look at Jesus healed the servant. But wait, it gets even better. And then Jesus went to them, and when he was, he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent some friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. Say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. 
not even in Israel. And those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. Do you understand what the Bible is showing us? Do you know when he built the synagogue? I don't know, but my guess is it was long before his servant was sick. Look at this. You know, we start seeing we have a need in our life. We say, oh my goodness, I need to start giving. I need to start sowing seed. I need to start pouring into this relationship. I need to start, whoa, 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 whoa. What he's, I've not seen such great faith. What he's saying is that he saw the centurion's faith long before, long before his servant need healed. He was investing into God's kingdom, knowing that a seed will meet every need long before he needed that seed to be met. I mean, this is just like, whoa, really? This is amazing to me. This is awesome. Because he understood authority. What did he say? He said, just speak the word. You see, the centurion invested in God's kingdom in faith. Jesus said, I haven't found such great faith. I haven't found it. You think that faith was just happened that day, right away? No. That faith happened over the course of time as he gave and he trusted the Lord with all that he has. He trusted the Lord, he trusted the Lord, and he trusted the Lord. So much so he said, just say the words. And Jesus' response was, whoa, I've not found anybody like this. So we give our seed in faith. We give to plant seeds for the needs that need met that we don't even know that we have yet. Church, you understand that. There are needs coming in your life, I can assure you, that will need met. And Jesus will meet them. Have faith in him, trust in him with all you have, including your finances. And the Bible trusts and shows the truth that it will meet every need. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you meet every need that we have. We thank you, Father, that as we plant seed into the ground, that you reproduce it and you multiply it, not just after its own kind, but you multiply it in every area of our life that we need, relationally, physically, spiritually, financially. We plant this seed into your kingdom and trusting in you and your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers.